What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the latest edition of the Birds of Broad Street podcast. It's been a while since you heard us last. Eagles win a must-win game on Thursday night against the New York Giants, 22-21. James and I break that down as well as preview the Dallas Cowboys games. We touch on all the guys coming back from injury as well as the trade deadline, what we'd like to see going forward. And we give a few final thoughts and talk about Deshaun Jackson towards the end. So we really hope you enjoy this one. Welcome back, Eagles fans. Another episode of the Birds of Broad Street podcast. It's been a long time since you heard us. Uh, since the Giants game last Thursday, Eagles win 22-21. to 21. Uh, One of the most stressful games of my life. I had a uh, near panic attack uh, being down, uh, what was it, 11 uh, with four minutes to go. Uh, was crazy, the fact that we came back uh, and beat this, this Giants team. It was a, a much-needed win to stay in the NFC East race. Um, what were a few things you saw from that game that, uh, that you, um, were worried about? I mean, I was really hyped afterwards because it was a thrilling victory, but if you really think about it, we were one Evan Ingram drop from being one, what, what would we, what would we be one, five and one yep. right now? Yeah. That, that drop basically salvaged our whole season. It saved us. And I know that Carson Wentz balled out in the fourth quarter. And I think he's just playing with more and more confidence as games go on. But you just saw that we were not a good football team. It was two really bad football teams playing against each other. And I give the Eagles credit because they are very banged up. They only had Jason Kelsey and Carson Wentz as their remaining starters. And, you know, the thing that surprised me the most, it it wasn't like they were playing with a lead. They were down the whole game almost, except after that first drive where they scored. They were down most of the game. And for them to rally around, and come back from, yeah, you're right, 11 points. It, it was it was a good sign. I, I was happy to see it. But, you know, it didn't give me enough confidence to say that this Eagles team is the best team in the NFC East. You know, I'm still a little bit worried. I saw how good Washington played. Their defensive line looks frightening. I think they're going to have a, a field day with us again when they play us in Week 17. So I, I just need to see a little bit more out of the Eagles. I need them to get healthy, and I need them to reach their full potential before I can feel comfortable with saying, all right, NFC East champs. Yeah, I feel like Thursday's game I was super excited for. I kind of went into it feeling confident. I know, you know, division games are always tough and uh, they're closer than they need to be, even when, um, you know, it could be the Chiefs versus the the Chargers and it's going to be a close game just because they're uh, in the same division. You see each other that often. But um, I think I left the game excited, of course, because we won, but – Um, the way that we won is just not the way that, um, that I want this team to play going forward. I think when you, when you're able to get into the playoffs, anything can happen. I don't have the, the belief or the philosophy that, you know, oh, if we're not good, what's the point of going to the playoffs? Cause we're not going to do anything. Um, we, we went to the, the Super Bowl when, with that belief, we had a first round bye because of how good we were in the regular season. But after Carson went down, Nick comes in. And, you know, we're not playing well, but then we, you know, go on a run and go to the Super Bowl. And then the year after that, you beat the Bears in the wild card round. And you're like, oh, man, here we go. And we're an Alshon drop away from maybe going to the NFC Championship uh, that mm-hmm. year. So um, 
And then last year, if Carson Wentz doesn't get knocked out of that game, it's it's a real possibility that the Eagles would have won that game against uh, the Seahawks and then got to go play the, the same Packers team that they beat earlier in the season on Monday Night Football. So anything can yeah. happen when you get into playoffs, especially if we get healthy towards the end of the year. We're on a roll. We finished with two divisional games. So um, now, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's something I've been really mad about the whole week is that people had this mentality, well, if we're not going to win the Super Bowl, then I want you to tank the season. If you think that the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl or you think your favorite team's going to win the Super Bowl every single year, you are going to be the most disappointed fan in the NFL. It is so rare for those things to happen. That's why the Patriots were so, you know, God, like God sent team because of how often it happened that they went to the Super Bowl. Not every team does that. The Chiefs finally just won one. The Eagles finally just won one. The Seahawks, a couple like a few years back, finally just won one. It, it doesn't happen often. And if you have that mentality, well, if we're only going to win one playoff game or make one playoff game, I don't want to be in it. You know, that's that's just so idiotic to me because the NFL draft is so deep. If you're picking at spot 19 opposed to spot 10 instead, it's not that big of a deal. You're still going to get great players. It's more important to draft well deep than it is to get your first rounder you know, hit right on. Like you don't, that's not the, it, it just, it really baffles me that people would rather see us get a top 10 pick than have Carson Wentz get playoff experience. I don't really understand it. I don't see how you could want to root for a team that's going to have a losing mentality because I would hate that. I'd be miserable. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head right there with the point at the end that Carson needs that playoff experience. If you want this Eagles team to win a Super Bowl, which I don't think is this year, they don't have the, they don't have the talent that you need to beat a team like um, uh, Baltimore or uh, Kansas City. Whoever comes out of the AFC, I think, even Pittsburgh. Um, I just don't think we have the the fire, firepower to to beat those teams. Um, but like you said, I mean, you have a top ten pick. You're not guaranteed to to get a bona fide star. There's already guys in the top ten this year that are looking like busts. I mean, Andrew Thomas. Uh, was a high draft pick for the for the Giants and his former offensive line coach came out and said like I don't even recognize that guy like he's doing stuff I never taught him he's playing a completely different game than than he did when he was here at Georgia so um, just because you have a top 10 pick doesn't mean you're going to get a top 10 player so the draft is still and will always be a, a crapshoot so if you don't root for your team each year to be as good as they can be and go as far as they can go I don't know what you're rooting for after a hundred years of football, there's still franchises that have never been to a Super Bowl, let alone won one. Exactly. And think about how big that experience is for Wentz, for Fulgham, for Ward, even for Rager as a rookie. Sanders, Sanders hasn't really played. I mean, he played in a playoff game last year, but he didn't really get the full experience because we weren't in the game. Everybody knew when Carson Wentz went out, the game was over. So it's really important for a lot of those players to get that experience. Even the older guys, even the ones that aren't going to get the opportunity as much anymore. If Peters stays healthy, most likely would be his last season playing in the NFL. You know, I, I don't think we're going to, especially for the Eagles, I doubt the Eagles are going to resign him again after this year. And Brandon Graham, you don't know if he's going to be here again next year. It's very important for not just the young guys, but the older guys to get in the playoff because I think it's just going to bring a different type of energy, especially if we get that home playoff game. Granted, there's not going to be that many fans but I believe this team will bring a different type of energy than what we've seen so far this season. Yep. I completely agree. I think if the Eagles are able to sneak into the playoffs this year, then uh, anything can happen just because I don't think we have a, 
a Kansas City or a Baltimore or a Pittsburgh or a Tennessee in the NFC. There's a lot of good teams in the NFC. You have Seattle, uh, the Saints, the Packers, um, Cardinals. The Cardinals are a good team, but all teams that I feel like are not on that level of Kansas City or Baltimore or Pittsburgh or Tennessee, they're good teams, but they all have flaws. You saw Seattle's flaws. It, it Seattle's defense is so bad against the pass, mm-hmm. that, and they're bad against the run as well. They're just not a good uh, defense top to bottom. Um, if Russell Wilson turns the ball over, then you're going to have a hard time winning that game, right? And that's what you saw um against the Cardinals this past week the Packers are a flawed team they only have one weapon on the outside and that's Devontae Adams um the Saints can be beat um yeah the, the Buccaneers can be beat I mean these are all teams that aren't even on the the same level as the Kansas City Chiefs so um exactly I there's think no be- elite team there for me the Bears just got smacked on Monday Night yeah. Football we exactly. saw the Rams smacked by the Niners it, it's like there's so many of these teams have these weaknesses that can easily just be pointed out. Yeah. I think if the Eagles make it to the playoffs and they're playing good and they're a hot football team, I think they could beat anybody in the NFC. And then, you know, you go from there. So um, mm-hmm. speaking of, you know, the giants game, and what we started on, we'll, we'll give us a stock up and stock down of a few players and, and uh, positions that we, that we thought were positive going, coming out of the game. And then guys that were a little soured on, um, you know, going into this uh, this game. I'll start with stock up. Carson Wentz played the game a little, you know, it was a little shaky. It was a little sloppy. Um, I don't think I just I'm, I'm completely done with putting any type of blame on this guy. It's just it's ridiculous each time you do it where it's like, well, he's he's still missing throws and he's inaccurate and he's forcing the ball. It's like, what do you what do you want? What do you need him to do for you? He can't. He can't throw the ball to guys that aren't there. He can't fit the ball into tight windows when guys aren't open. He's he's trying his best to play hero ball. And so I'm, quit playing hero ball. Stop trying to force it. What do you want me to do? The only way that we can win is if I play hero ball, okay? The only way we can win is if I throw a laser on a rope to the shortest guy on the field. Okay? <laughs> sick, put it Put it where nobody else can touch this football, okay? And I fit it in there. That's what I have to do. I have to force things. That that Jabril Peppers played exceptional coverage. You can't play any better than that, especially on somebody like Boston Scott. So that play, while it was a great catch by Boston to, you know, to get that ball, get it in the end zone, not drop it, you know, tremendous play. But that throw was elite. That's that's a next-level throw. Carson Wentz, again, Ice in his veins at the end of the game. Um, you can't put – and I just – I can't put any blame on him going forward. He just – he's uh, he's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Another guy, uh, Alex Singleton. I think the, the best linebacker on the team. I think a guy who's earned snaps. Um, he's not the best in coverage, but I don't think there's too many linebackers uh, in the NFL that are anymore. Um, he just – he has a nose for the football, and he gets in there, and he's gritty, and he's tough. And I just like watching him play. He makes plays. And then – I think when you look at the offensive line all season long, most people would say it's not a good offensive line. They haven't been playing well. Look at how many times Carson's been hit and sacked. And I completely agree. But you also have to take into consideration that we're on, you know, third and fourth string guys like Jamon Brown started a football game for this team. So I think when you talk about the depth of this offensive line, when the starters are back, the fact that you have a bona fide left tackle or right tackle in Jordan Mailata based on what he's done the past few games, um, 
Isaac Suamalo, who's a starter. And then behind him, you got guys like Matt Pryor and Nate Herbig. And um, just the fact that there's some good guys. Uh, Sua Opeta didn't play too bad. Um, you got depth along the offensive line and it's young guys. You got Jack Driscoll, who we're forgetting to talk about. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's I'm stock up on the on the backup offensive lineman because I feel like once this team gets relatively healthy, you get Suamalo back. Um you know, an injury to the offensive line is not going to be killer for this team like it has been just because you've gotten those guys snaps, they're war ready, and, you know, they're ready to go. Yeah, and just bouncing off a few a few of your guys, Alex Singleton, I agree with like 100%, especially with Nathan Gary being out, he's going to see more playing time. And I can't wait to see him and TJ Edwards lined up next to each other tomorrow. I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think they can be, you know, pretty good together. And then the offensive line, what I feel like so many fans are mistaking with the offensive line, even like they are playing well for what they're projected as is like backups and third stringers, but we're congratulating the offensive line every week because Carson Wentz doesn't get injured, but people don't actually see that he's getting smacked around every single game. He's still getting, you know, he's getting tossed left and right. He's getting hit all the time. I I think we're just, they're doing a lot better than what we expected, but it's more, on the fact that Carson Wentz isn't dead. He's not on the sideline yet. Like he's still playing. That's why we're congratulating them so much. So yeah, as the offensive line gets healthier, Carson Wentz is only going to get more comfortable and you're going to stop seeing him make those mental mistakes when he plays hero ball. Like the one, the one interception he threw to John Hightower on Thursday was just completely like, what what are you doing? But you know, he, he really didn't. I, I feel like, you know, he tried to get rid of the ball and he accurately threw it right to the defensive back. I, I don't know what he was thinking there, but, you know, he was out of the pocket. He was running for his life. I, I can't blame too much fault on him because he learned from that. He played the rest of the game very well, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, and I'm going to, you know, go into my stock right now. And I, I do have Carson Wentz on there, obviously, because I feel like he's getting his weapons back. So that's going to make his stock rise up even more. And ever since that Pittsburgh game, I've just seen this confidence level increase more and more every game. And then Travis Fulgham would be my next guy. We already know the stats. You know, he's got 23 catches, 357 receiving yards, three touchdowns, is averaging like 15.5 yards a catch. And with Jeffrey wanting to, you know, just hang out on the sidelines for the rest of the year, Travis Fulgham is our number one possession receiver. He's the guy on there that's going to get us those tough catches over the middle. I know Greg Ward, you know, he can make those catches as well. But Travis Fulgham is a big body guy. He's like an Alshon threat. So with Alshon, I don't know what the hell Alshon's doing right now, but I'm happy for Travis Fulgham because his stock is just rising more and more by the week. I think he had another 75 yards against uh, New York. And then my last guy is Brandon Graham. He's in year 10, year 11, and he's having the best year of his career. I think he's top five in sacks, top fives in tackles for losses. I didn't see it coming, and I think he's going to be able to make his first Pro Bowl this year. I'm really excited for him. Yeah, I want nothing more for Brandon Graham to get his first double-digit sack season, and I think the pace he's on now, he should get there at least 10. He only needs four more for the the last eight games of the season. So, um, yeah, Brandon Graham, a guy that is one of my favorite Eagles. I think he's a very underrated Eagles legend, and most people would scoff at that, you know, using that word for him because, he's you know, he's not like number one in sacks for the Eagles or anything like that, but a guy that was the first-round pick, was labeled a bust, Uh, was an injury away from being cut by Chip Kelly and then comes back and is just one of the best players on the team. 
Yeah, I think we can all settle the debate with him and Earl Thomas. I'm a lot more happy that the Eagles have Brandon Graham, somebody who's been so consistent the past five, six years, opposed to uh, Earl Thomas, who's just been a head case on and off the field. Yeah, man, Brandon Brandon Graham ain't even that close with his brother, bro. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. I don't we even know if he's well, oh, and then worry about more, any of that stuff. One more thing I had was uh, because you were talking about it earlier, the wide receivers to me, just the whole group itself, I think their stock is rising up. I saw John Hightower make two big plays two weeks in a row yep. after having a stupid drop in the first quarter. So I, I'm happy for them. I think if they just continue to keep getting reps together, that this receiving group won't look as bad as it does on paper. Yeah, I think uh, the young receivers are getting some run, and it's only going to benefit uh, Carson and his team going forward into the later years. Um, you know, with up, you have down. So a few things that I'm uh, stocked down on are play calling continues to baffle me. Uh, I just I can't keep uh, trying to do this Cam Newton QB draw for two-point conversions and, you know, these – uh, zone option handoffs with Carson and Boston Scott. And, you know, if you're going to go for two, get down there, call up the best play you have. And, you know, those, those plays where he has a uh, Greg Ward running across the formation and then running into the flat, that's very hard to guard, especially when you have a, a throw like the one that Carson gave him. Um, yeah. I feel like you could run that enough times where it's it like I said it's so hard to defend when you have somebody running full speed down the line of scrimmage and then breaking off into the flat. If you put the ball on the money, it's it's damn near unguardable. So the fact that we're trying to do some Cam Newton QB draw every time we're in the two point situation just blows my mind. The fact that he continues to um, to shy away from the run, and I get it. Most people will be like, "Well, the run's not working, so why would you keep doing it?" You have to, you, you end up shooting yourself in the foot when you are unbalanced on offense. If, if we're going to run an offense where it's 90% pass, 10% run, they're going to be able to hunt Carson Wentz. They're going to be able to drop, you know, seven, eight people in coverage and rush three or four and come get Carson Wentz because they know it's a pass. So whether it works or not, you need to mix in the run more than he does. Um, you, we should never leave a game where, um, Miles Sanders has less than, you know, 13 carries, you know, yeah. 10 carries, 11 carries, 13 carries is just ridiculous when we're talking about having such a stud running back like uh, Miles Sanders, Jake Elliott um, coming into the season could, you know, you could talk about him as a top five kicker because um, he just seemed to be automatic and he had range uh, was pretty accurate, but he just seems to be struggling right now. I don't think that um, the Eagles should, um, make a move. I don't think that they can. They're so um, cap strapped with Jake Elliott and his contract. They would owe him a lot of money, even if they were to release him uh, and then stock down on uh, every linebacker besides uh, Alex Singleton. I just think Duke Riley just looks lost. Sometimes he's kind of clunky in coverage. Nate Gary doesn't even need an explanation. Um, I just think the guys that we have out there besides Alex Singleton are going to be a problem. And uh, hopefully Howie has uh, something something in store. Yeah, I, I would like to believe that the play calling is based on the fact that we don't have that many guys playing and that we're such an injury riddled team. But I agree with you that the play calling for me is a huge stock down. I think you're going to end up getting Carson Wentz killed out there. 
if you keep doing the things you're doing with him with these design runs and putting them outside wide, blocking and things like that. Even though I love Carson Wentz's mentality, he's always going to fight and do whatever he can for the team to win. You can't put him in those type of situations. You, I don't want to see him get hurt. Jalen Hurts is nowhere near ready to play in the NFL. And it would it would destroy our season. So it doesn't really make sense to me that you're willing to throw Carson Wentz's body on the line every single game just to get a two-point conversion. That's absolutely ridiculous to me. And another two guys that I have, these guys kind of just uh, intertwined together, is Jordan Maialata and Lane Johnson. The reason I had their stocks down is because Jason Peters just came back. And if we know anything, whatever Jason Peters wants on this team, he usually gets. If he wants to play left tackle, he's going to be put in left tackle. And with Jordan Maialata being pushed out the door, it kind of just, you know, he's he's on the bench again. I would like to see Peters go to guard, keep Maialata on the outside, and then you have a very formidable offensive line. I'm not really scared about anybody on the offensive line there. And also why I have Lane Johnson is because he's still nursing this injury. And it just seems like the past few games, Lane Johnson can't really seem to stay on the field. So his stock might go down a little bit because he's going to be iffy the rest of the season. And my last for stock down is going to be everybody on the secondary besides Darius Slay. This isn't the I'm not including the safeties. These are just the defensive backs. The reason I'm saying this is because I haven't seen a single one of those players step up since Avante Maddox has been out and Avante Maddox is going to play Sunday night and he's probably going to stick there for the rest of the season because nobody has really made any plays outside of Darius Slay. I see Craven LeBlanc in the right spot, but he just never seems like he can get like be able to make a play this season. He's always in the right position, but whatever it is, what he can't get his hands in front of the receiver, you know, when they're trying to catch the ball, he's always getting mossed. It looks like he got mossed by golden Tate. On a Thursday night, it looked terrible. So it was just a shame for me out of all those players, Roby Coleman, LeBlanc, Mills, none of them were able to step up for me to kind of, you know, make Avante Maddox worry about his job. Yeah, I mean, coming into this game with uh, with Avante, Nickel, Roby Coleman, and Darius Slay is the only active uh, cornerbacks. Of course, they'll probably elevate Graylin Arnold and stuff like that, so they have uh, a fourth, but – um, yeah, we definitely need uh, one of those corners to step up. And I just want to say, I want to make a point because I, I remember I talked about it uh, a few times when we did podcast episodes before the season started, when we talked about, you know, guys we were excited about and uh, we would talk about Nikel Roby Coleman. And it just, it worried me that the Eagles got him as cheap as they did with the, um, you know, the, the, the view of Nikel Roby Coleman was like, oh, he's one of the best slot corners in the game the Eagles got you know a really good addition it's like how do you get one of the best slot corners in the game and nobody else wants him and you get him that cheap and I think yeah. you you see why they got him that cheap is that there's not too many other teams that believe that he's as good as he has been or that he was going to continue to be good he's just yeah. I don't know I don't, I don't really like Nikel Roby Coleman I didn't like this the signing at the beginning of the year I would much rather have Rasul Douglas or Sidney Jones on the roster above uh, Nikel Roby Coleman but um, that's, that's a different uh, argument for a different day. Um, moving on from the, the giants game into, um, this week's game against the Cowboys, a lot of news this week, a lot of injury related news, getting a lot of guys back, Dallas Goddard, uh, Jalen Rager, you know, which is super exciting. TJ Edwards, uh, Rudy Ford and Jason Peters coming back from injury. Um, before we talk about their impact, um, 
you talked about Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson. I just want to make one point because I think there's uh, there was a lot of chatter about, you know, why would you why would you bench Jordan Mailata when he's been playing so well? And, you know, why wouldn't you just move Jason Peters to uh, to right guard? I think the reasoning behind it is, like you said, Lane Johnson is probably going to come in and out of the game. And uh, Jason Peters is notorious for that. Like that's his M.O. is, you know, he overextended his armpit. And now he's got to come out for a few series and then he'll be back in. So um, I think the fact that you put both of them as the starters and my lot is playing so well and he can play either side, you allow him to come in for whoever needs to come in for if you expect one of those guys to get hurt. So what happens if you put my at left tackle and you put uh, Lane Johnson at right and then you stick Peters at right guard, right? So what happens when um, Lane Johnson, you know, goes down and needs to come out for a couple series or he just can't finish the game? Then we got to pull Peters from right guard, put him at left tackle, pull my from left and put him at right and then put somebody else in for um, Jason Peters at right guard instead of just putting my plugging my in wherever they need him at left or right tackle. So I just feel like the reason Doug made that decision is because if you put Peters at right guard and something happens, you have to do so many more moves and maneuvering guys than just plugging my in wherever you need him. Yeah. My, my belief has always been this. I don't care who you play out there on the offensive line. I realize that reps are important to young players, but this doesn't go for me for the offensive line. You put your five best players out there because you have an investment and a $100 million quarterback right behind you. You cannot afford to get him injured. So whoever you think are your five best guys, you put them out there to protect him. Well, then that, that you know, then you need to have the, the discussion. Do you think Jordan Mailata is better than Jason Peters? See, that's, that, that's something I'm struggling with because they did a stat to stat, and I, I think it was – Mylotta let up only like let up 17 pressures and Peters let up like 15. They're very close to each other. So when that comes in to like factor, I would go with the younger player just because he has more speed. But I also would like to see Jason Peters play guard. Like I would like to see him be put somewhere else on the offensive line where he can pick up the, some of the slack from either Opeta or, um, you know, whoever's playing guard that week. But it just doesn't seem like the Eagles will do that to Jason Peters. They don't seem like they want to do that. And I think they're going to have him playing left, Lane on the right, and then Maialata will just switch in which, whichever one comes off the field. Yeah, I, th- I think I disagree. I think Jason Peters is the better uh, left tackle. I think he's the better player. And I also – I am I feel very confident in, in – of course, you know, I'm not Carson Wentz and I've never had a conversation with the man. But I feel like if if you were Doug and you asked Carson who do you want to play left tackle, he'd probably say, I want I want Big 71. I want the guy that's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I want the guy that's been protecting me since I've been here over there at left tackle. He might not be the same player he used to be. He might get injured, you know, whatever. But I think Jason Peters is still um, – uh, just as solid as he was last year. And he had a, you know, a, a much better year than most people think that he did. Um, so I think mm-hmm. uh, we normally agree on a lot of stuff, but I think right there's our, our first big disagreement. I think Jason Peters is, is much better than Jordan Mylotta. I think he's been playing good football, but um, at the end of the day, it's still hall of famer versus, you know, four games into a, you know, football career for another guy. Yeah. What well, one can be, Myelotta could end up being extremely inconsistent, and I'm sure hey. that Wentz does feel more comfortable with 
you he, know, he even said, you know, what was your best game this season? He said, probably my first one. And then he said, then, then they, he was asked, what was your, your, you know, your least best game. And he said, probably the, you know, the giants game that I just played, it was, you know, I just wasn't consistent and I, you know, I got beat a few times and I, I wasn't polished and stuff like that. So, um, you know, four games in, it, we're seeing what we wanted to see when Howie was like, yeah, I'm going to take this rugby guy and put him on the offensive line. We're like, we really hope this works out. This is going to be great. And even coming into the year after training camp, we had the discussion on the podcast before where we're talking about, you know, I think we're kind of done with this, you know, former rugby star experience. He's getting, you know, beat like a drum in camp. Oh um, yeah. I thought he was going to get cut without a doubt. I was exactly. Like, I, that, just goes to, that just goes to show you, you know, what you see in here in camp isn't always what it's going to be when you get out on the field. Bro, I'm not taking anything seriously that I hear from camp next year. Because no, you can't. <laughs> I thought J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was going to be the number one wide receiver. Nope. I thought that Jannard uh, Avery was going to have this breakout season. I, I thought so many different things. And, uh, yeah, Sidney Jones, come back. Yep. Every, yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking anything seriously that I hear in the offseason anymore. Yep, we, we need to see it on the field and, uh, you know, seeing is believing. So, I mean, that's the thing. We So many reports come out of camp that it's like, oh, this guy's in great shape and he's playing so well. It's like. Yeah, he's you know he's running his drills super hard. That's great. It doesn't it doesn't mean you know diddly do. So exactly, um, that just goes to show you. I mean, Jordan Mailata, good good start to his uh to his career, getting snaps, which is good because I think the Eagles have seen enough to say that uh, he's going to be. I think he fills the role of uh, Big V. I think yeah, by time. yeah, that's what I was thinking too. A yeah, utility I, offensive lineman. Yeah, I think he'll be the guy that you can put at either tackle spot, and he's just going to be. Somebody that the Eagles, I don't think, have to invest too much money in. He's not going to, you know, command big V money in free agency. And uh, I think the Eagles will be able to keep him around for, for years to come in that in that role. I don't think he'll ever be a starter unless, you know, injury. Because I think Dillard has what it takes if he can stay healthy. And I then I think Dwayne Johnson has a few more years as a, as a top uh, right tackle. Completely forgot about – I completely forget Andre Dillard as a Philadelphia Eagle at times. Yeah, so, I mean, not seeing him too much his rookie year and then, you know, missing this whole year. So, um, he's still a guy that I, I still feel super uh, encouraged about. Injuries happen. I mean, he wasn't the first offensive lineman to go down uh, with a season-ending injury. So, you know, uh -huh. getting uh, Brooks and Dillard back next year, uh, I would be very confident in the offensive line um, of Dillard, Suomalo, Kelsey, Brooks, and Lane Johnson. And then you have guys like Jack Driscoll, Jordan Mailata, uh, Nate Herbig um, backing those guys up. So um, enough talk about the offensive line. Um, guys returning from injury, like we talked about a second ago. Uh, between Goddard, Rager, Rudy Ford, TJ Edwards, and Jason Peters, what guy you think is going to make the biggest impact, not even just this Sunday, but for the rest of the season? Uh, I mean, I hate to be so obvious. It, it's it's either got to be Dallas Goddard or Jalen Rager. And, you know, from what I've seen out of Richard Rodgers, I actually liked what I saw out of Richard Rodgers and Zach Ertz is hurt, but I still am going to roll with uh, Dallas Goddard. Even though Jalen Rager has a lot of speed on the offense, I feel like he still is a rookie. The experience isn't all there. It's going to take him a little bit to gel within the offense. But Dallas Goddard is just so huge, especially with Zach Ertz not playing up to yep. par this season before he got hurt. Dallas Goddard just opens up another dimension of your offense. You can go back to running that two tight end set that the Eagles offense is just so much more comfortable with. And 
the game we saw out of Richard Rodgers, we're definitely not going to see that every week. And when uh, Dallas Goddard played in the beginning of the season, even though I'm not Dallas Goddard's biggest fan because I always loved Zach Ertz, I was not the biggest Dallas Goddard fan. And those first few games, he just looked like he was faster, stronger, and quicker than everybody else. Like he would run violently after he caught the pass and things like that. So I'm really excited for him. I think he's going to be a very big playmaker. And I already thought he was a top 10 tight end in this league. He could end up being top five before the season's over. Yeah, I mean, he's got a real um, real nice window to be able to be the number one tight end and and probably the number one target on offense. I mean, he, he would play games even when this offense is fully healthy with you know, Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz playing and he would get a lot of the he would get a lot of targets and he would get, you know, a lot of looks from Carson Wentz. So being the the number one tight end, not having to worry about Zach Ertz, uh, you know, they're not going to run the ball as much because there's no Miles Sanders. So I think you could easily see uh, Dallas Goddard have 10 to 15 targets against the Cowboys. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. I think the guy that is going to have the biggest impact is Dallas. I think Carson loves having big body guys. And I think when you talk about, um, you know, Alshon Jeffrey sitting on the sideline and, you know, who knows when he's going to be coming back with this new cap injury. I think Carson thrives when he has those type of guys, when he has big body guys that um, he can rely on to kind of just throw the ball to, and they're going to make a play. Um, Cause he's, he's not the most accurate QB. I think we can all admit that, but Having guys like Goddard and Fulgham out there um, or be, be a big deal for, for Carson. I think Goddard has a, a big monster game uh, first week back. Um, but I think it, it's a good group of guys to get back. You get Rager back in the fold before the bye week. You get Goddard back, which is going to be huge. Peters, you know, TJ Edwards, and then Rudy Ford, who's a special teams demon, is just going to, you know, getting those five guys back is going to be super huge for this team, uh, especially mm-hmm. for this week. But um, – the the trade deadline come up on Tuesday is it the third yeah I think yeah it's election day that's the same day I'm voting for carry on Johnson um I think (laughs) when we talk about guys that we want the Eagles to go get I think every single year it's you know if they don't go get a big name guy then they didn't do anything um I remember I posted a a graphic about you know Howie Roseman, you know, rumor out there that he's been on the phones, you know, that, you know, expect a move. And some guy said, they say this every single year and nothing happens. I'm like, Howie normally makes a trade every single year. So I don't know what you're talking about. Like, just because it was Junard Avery last year and it wasn't, you know, Jalen Ramsey doesn't mean he didn't make a move. He made a move and he normally makes a move. Traded for Golden Tate, he traded for JHI. Like, he trades for guys all the time, uh, especially at the deadline. So, I think the Eagles make another move. And I do think uh, for the people that are like, well, why haven't, you know, why is he wait? Why does he wait to the deadline? What happens if the Eagles made a trade for somebody? They gave up a, you know, a draft pick or a good player and the Eagles lose this game to the Cowboys. You, the fans, and most people would be like, well, now it looks like a dumb trade because there's no way you're going to make no, you can't even beat the Cowboys. Now they're ahead in the division after the bye week. Like, I feel like if the Eagles win this game against the Cowboys, they they lengthen the lead in the division. The team's feeling good. And then Howie says, okay, now I can go make a move that won't look stupid. I'm not going to make a trade for a guy after we fall to two, six and one, you know, or whatever it is. Um, so I think 
or two five and one. I think uh, if we win this game, I would expect to move on Monday or Tuesday. No, I agree with you. I think they're definitely waiting to see how this game plays out on Sunday night and to see if they want to make a move. Do you have anybody specifically? Is it just carry on Johnson that you want? I think I, th- I threw a few names around in my head and kind of figured out, you know, do, do I really want this guy? How does he, how does he factor into this team, you know, going forward? And I think the two guys that I've landed on um, aren't linebackers, aren't defensive players. Cause I think the the guys that are available, you know, the names that have been tossed around uh, Avery Williamson and Zach Cunningham, I think Avery Williamson's on a, expiring deal so you would have to trade a pick and then you would have to compensate him with a contract if you yeah. wanted to keep him around of course if he's a super cheap player then you just it's just a rental no big deal uh zach cunningham is one of the highest paid linebackers in the league and he's not good in coverage you would just be yeah. you would just be bringing another guy in to not solve the problem that you have um because i think the eagles are good against the run and i don't think the the linebackers that you have behind that monster defensive line are what make this team good against the run. It's the defensive line. They, they stop the run on the way to the QB. Um, so I don't think, you know, getting a, you know, hard nosed um, tackling machine is, is something that's going to help fix this defense. I think you need to get a, a cover linebacker to cover tight ends, to cover running backs. Um, Cause this, this defense just gets annihilated by tight ends week in and week out. But, it's going to be on offense. It's either going to be John Ross or carry on Johnson. So long story short with each of them, I think John Ross, you would, you would be able to keep speed on this roster and get you, you know, we can move on from the Deshaun Jacksons, which paints me to say, move on from the Marquise Goodwin, you know, experiment. And then you, you go into the last half of the season and into future years with, John Ross, Travis Fulgham, John Hightower, Jalen Rager. And like I said on the uh, previous podcast, it's just kind of every flavor that you would that you would want out of a receiving core. And giving that to Carson Wentz sounds like a good idea to me. A guy that can go get the ball uh, with Jalen Rager, who's an explosive athlete, a guy that, you know, you have John Ross and Hightower who can be deep threats. And then you have Travis Fulgham as your big body guy. Um I think that would just be a perfect wide receiving core uh, for the rest of the season and going into next year. And then carry on Johnson. If, if the giants game and then this Cowboys game isn't evidence enough of why the Eagles were mentioned so many times when you talk about Carlos Hyde, Devontae Freeman, you know, trading for a running back um, it's because when miles goes down, we can't run the ball. So I think carry on Johnson would be the guy that I would like to see the Eagles trade a conditional sixth round pick or whatever it would be to get him in the door. And then going into the, you know, the last few games of the season, when you really need to lean on the run game to win ugly, you can miles carry on Johnson, Boston Scott, you can really throw three good running backs that all do a little bit of different things. Um, out there and take pressure off of Carson Wentz. And I think that's what this team's really missing is a consistent run game. So carry on Johnson is the guy. I think I want to see the Eagles go get. Yeah, I, I would love that. And especially the John Ross one too is he's not going to be expecting a big contract, nope. you know, after his, uh, after he's up because one, he doesn't deserve it because he, he just hasn't had that uh, playing time. Like we haven't seen his potential on the field yet. So if they can g- grab a guy like that for a very late round pick and cheap, I'm all on board for that. That's just another weapon for Carson Wentz. And like you said, it's taking pressure off of him. Um, Yeah, for me, my two guys that I would want to go after. So 
it's crazy to me because the Jets don't just have one linebacker they're shopping. They're shopping all three of them. Mm-hmm. And they're they're not bad. Like, I mean, they're pretty good. And the one that I like the most was uh, his name is Neville Hewitt. And okay. he's just the reason I like him is because he's sideline to sideline player. He's athletic enough. And I don't think we should grab a guy that's just a big body guy who's good at making tackles. I think we need somebody out there who's going to run sideline to sideline because Davion Taylor hasn't really gotten much playing time yet. And I don't know how long it's going to take to develop him. So if you're going to grab somebody for very cheap, just to salvage the rest of the season at linebacker, it would be him. And then another guy I have, and see, this is why I want the Eagles going really cheap because I'm not all in with this season yet. Of course I'm like all in as a fan, but Mm -hmm. If I'm playing GM right now, I'm not going out there and grabbing the biggest free agent of them all. Um, If I'm the Eagles right now, I would love to bring a guy back here who was here last year, Jordan Howard. You're going to get him for so cheap. He's literally going to be maybe a seventh-round pick, if anything. That's it. And he's going to be the – to me, I see him being the problem solver to our short yardage situation throw him out there let him be that bowling ball getting those whatever fourth and ones third and twos two-point conversions I don't care it'll just take off all of the ground and pound off of Miles Sanders because Boston Scott is not good in short yardage situations and I don't like to see Carson Wentz get his body beaten up and when you throw Jalen Hurts out there they already know it's going to be a read option with Jalen Hurts so get a running back that's going to literally cost you nothing is hasn't even played that much this season so there's no wear and tear off of his body and throw him in there and let him be that bowling ball back that you had you know last year I I liked Jordan Howard I don't hate him obviously there's a reason he's not playing in Miami but if you can grab him for very cheap you know I wouldn't mind if the Eagles did it at all yeah I mean when I said oh no it's because I knew his contract was a two-year 9.7 million dollar deal so I was you know that number is like, no, I don't want my backup running back making $10 million over two years. But when you look at the details of the contract, it's 4.75 this year. And then um, there's no dead money in 2021. They could cut him and not, um, you know, not have to be in any cap trouble off of that. It would be a, a clean break because in 2021, he makes $5 million. And that's, that's too much for a backup running back in my book. Um, yeah, stupid contract by the Dolphins. They should not have taken that. Yeah, very dumb. But see, that's the cool thing about it. They can get off of it uh, after this year um, and not owe him any money. So, um, yeah, I, I, I guess now seeing his contract details, I wouldn't be too mad if uh, Jordan Howard came back to the Eagles. Of course, it would have to be like a conditional seventh round pick with a lot of conditions. It's because, I mean, the the Dolphins would cut him if they didn't already owe him 4.75. So, um yeah, I wouldn't be too mad. I just think the Eagles need to add some depth at running back just because Boston Scott's not a guy that's going to – Boston Scott's a guy that's going to give you what he showed you on on Thursday. I can catch those balls out of the backfield. I can give you a few yards here or there, um, you know, especially if we're playing the Giants. But if we're playing the Cowboys or the the Panthers or the Bengals or, you know, the Washington football team, I'm not, I'm not going to give you guys much. Um, mm-hmm. And I just don't think Corey's got the juice that he used to. And all of that factored into the fact that um, uh, Doug refuses to consistently run the football. So I think the Eagles uh, would put a lot of juice in this offense going forward and take a lot of weight off of Carson's shoulders 
if they go and get a a running back to uh to back up miles and um play when he gets hurt because you know miles the ankle last year the hamstring at the beginning of this year and then the knee this year he's not proven to be the most durable guy so having somebody that you don't have to uh worry about when miles goes down is a is a big deal and i think that that's the way how we should go on tuesday yeah i hope so because you said it best that we haven't really seen these running backs do much and that's half doug peterson's fault because he doesn't implement the run game on offense and that's also half the fault of Corey clement and boston scott who just I mean, outside of Boston Scott stepping up big last week, we haven't really seen much from them, like, thus far. Yeah, I mean, outside of the, the you know, awesome catch that he had, I think he had, you know, a little over 40 yards on the ground, which just is, isn't is enough to, to win football games, especially when you have so many injuries on offense and Carson isn't able to um, attack through the air consistently. So, um, got to get the run game on track, and I think it starts with adding somebody like we both said, Jordan Howard or Carryon Johnson – both not little guys, both guys that can go and get those short yardage mean runners. So um, fingers crossed that that's the the way how he goes after uh, this Sunday's possible win against the Dallas Cowboys. And that's the perfect segue to preview this game. Ben Gucci gang Danucci versus Carson walk it to him Wentz Sunday night football for not all the marbles, but a couple marbles. Okay. It's, it's a big game. I don't. I, people are underestimating it. It is a huge game. Yeah, it's going to be. It. I think it's going to be a, a season shifter for us. I feel like if we can win this game, we can win it handedly. Get some confidence. Get these guys back from injury. You go into the bye week feeling good. You get everybody back from the bye. You know, Suamalo probably be back. Um, and then I can't even think of you know too many guys that we're missing outside of the guys that we just put on IR, but. You know, you get this team rested full speed ahead, and then you got two very winnable games with the Giants and the uh, the Browns right after that, not to look too far ahead. But I think if the Eagles can can go out there on Sunday night, win this game handedly, not lose too many guys to injury, go into the bye with confidence and health, I think, um, you know, by the end of the season, we could be talking about this Eagles team in a very different light. Yeah, I mean, not, not to get too far ahead, but – we could be four, four, and one in the next couple of weeks if we're able to take care of these division games. And like, I know people look at this game and they're like, oh, this is such a boring game. It's a third string quarterback versus an injury Eagles team. But for the NFC East, so far, this is the game of like the game of the year for everybody because it's going to be a huge confidence boost either way. I, I honestly don't think the Cowboys have a chance either way, no matter what happens Sunday night to win this division. But for the Eagles, this is definitely going to change your whole season. One, like you said, it's bringing everybody back. You're getting healthier by the week. Two, Carson Wentz just seems to be developing more and more chemistry and more and more confidence each week. And if you can take this game, win, go into the bye week, prepare more, get healthier, I think that's a huge momentum boost. And you're going to see a much different team against the Giants the following week than you saw Thursday night. Yep, I completely agree. I think I think the only the hesitation I have is – um, the, the, the Cowboys haven't played well at all this season. Um, if you take away, you know, the destructious, um, comeback that they had against, uh, the Falcons, you know, where are they at? Do, you know, I think they would have one win on the season. I believe they have two now. Um, you take that away from them. And I mean, they've just been getting blown out by teams, um, left and right. Even when Dak was playing this, this defense is, is, uh, atrocious, but, 
at the same time, this Eagles team plays down to their competition or up, like we said earlier in the in the episode. Ben mm-hmm. DiNucci, we have no clue who this guy is. Um, yep. But this no, team no. still has talent, man. Zeke has won game single-handedly against us, although that was with, you know, a great offensive line that they don't really have anymore. CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup, uh, Cedric Wilson, who's their fourth wide receiver who could be a number two on most teams. Like, they still have a lot of talent, so I don't want to say that this is a guaranteed game. I still am very confident, but um, the Eagles just have to come out and put put good football out there, put some some stuff on tape and kind of gain their confidence. And a blowout win is something that this team needs. And I think um, if any week, this will be the week that they have a good chance of doing it. Yeah, the, I, there's no film on Ben DiNucci outside of last week whatsoever. And there's still the Cowboys have so many playmakers that can beat you on offense, especially the receivers. We don't have the best secondary outside of Darius Slay. And also, like when it rains, it pours. And I don't like see Zeke being as bad as he's been the past couple weeks, the remainder of the season. I think he's going to be able to pick it up, bring his confidence back up, fix the fumbling issue and start getting back on that track where we know he's one of the like, even though we don't like him, he's one of the best running backs in the league. So. You know, outside of Ben DiNucci, there's so many playmakers on this offense, even though they have a terrible offensive line right now because they're all out due to injury. They, they still burn you in so many ways. It, it takes one lob up to, you know, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper to change the whole game. And we both know that that can happen because it's happened to us multiple times. Yep. And like I said, with um... – with Zeke playing the way that he's been playing and you have Ben DiNucci in the game now. See, it's different when you have Andy Dalton. This guy's taken a team to the playoffs. He's been a pro bowler. You know, he's thrown for a lot of yards in this league and had success in a lot of winning seasons with Cincinnati. So, you know, he's a perfect backup quarterback to have that you could plug in there and say, you know, run the offense like normal. I think with Ben DiNucci, you're going to open up the game as the Cowboys with a heavy dose of Zeke. Um, getting it to him out of the backfield, uh, consecutive run plays with uh with Zeke and Tony Pollard we can't forget about him because he's a pretty nice back so um if the Eagles are able to slow him down at the beginning of the game and build a lead I think it's over from there but uh if they allow Zeke and this offense to run down their throat I think it'll be a closer game than most fans uh think so yeah it's gonna be you need to get off to a quick start if you're the Eagles you need to put Ben DiNucci in a hole real quick and force him to make big time throws because then that's when I think you can bring the pressure on him and, you know, get him to make mistakes. Yeah. And I think once you get there, you kind of take over the game and then, you know, that's all she wrote. So score prediction, and then we need a player of the game. I'm going to let you go first. My score prediction is going to be 31, 14 Eagles. I think my player of the game is going to be the guy that's coming back this week, Dallas Goddard. I think he will have two touchdowns. Okay. And Carson Wentz plays his best game statistically all year, throws for over 300 yards again. I think that the the thing that makes this game for me different is the fact that the Eagles are playing at home. I know that you don't have the fans there like usual, but – I just get this different kind of vibe that Ben DiNucci is not going to like coming into Philadelphia. You know, it's a whole different atmosphere. Even if the fans are not in full capacity, it's a whole different feeling playing in the link. The Eagles love playing there, especially the defensive line. And I think they're just going to get after him, force him to make mistakes. 
And then on offense, we finally start to click. I think Carson's going to be protect, protected well. And Dallas Goddard's going to get open. He's going to be pumped to be up, like pumped to be back. So I see him having a big game. So you said 31-14? 31-14, yes. 31-14 player of the game, Dallas Carter. I think for me, I'll go 29-10. to 10. I think uh, I think you could easily see the the – the opening of this game being a um, a big drive by the Cowboys. They get the ball to Zeke a lot. They get down and score. And then, you know, I give them another field goal for the rest of the game. I think it's going to be a remix of the San Francisco 49ers game earlier this season, where I think the Eagles defensive line is able to get after uh, Ben DiNucci in this offense and really keep them one-dimensional. And then I think the Eagles are able to score, uh, you know, more points. You're getting Goddard back. You're getting Rager back. Carson's, you know, in a groove, uh, if you can call it that. Um, and I think this Eagles team scores, you know, 29 points. They hold them to 10. And then my player of the game is going to be Derek Barnett. I think that um, with the the injuries across the Cowboys offensive line, Derek Barnett's going to have a big game. I predict two and a half sacks and a forced fumble. Um, so I think Derek Barnett has a crazy good game and, uh, he'll be, he'll be the player of the game for me, 29 to 10 Eagles. I like that. I see someone on the defensive line, just wrecking the game and having, you know, a couple forced fumbles. I don't know if it's going to be Barnett, Sweat, Graham, Fletcher, Malik, one of them, but I, I see one of them just being a game changer and destroying the game. All right, so we got the the score prediction out of the way. Uh, player of the game for each of us. It's going to be a fun game uh, this Sunday. A real, I think, season definer. I think this can really change the Eagles' season for the better. Uh, the trajectory of the season going into the bye with a big win in the division. Sole ownership of the, the lead in the division. Uh, let's close this episode out with some final thoughts. Um, it doesn't even have to be related to the game. Just... Any general Eagles thought that you have going forward? Yeah, right now, I mean, my last thought is I felt good all week about this game. This is the most excited I've been for a game since week one, I think. And especially hearing with the news about like Rager, Goddard, Malik Jackson, Rudy Ford, all these guys coming back. I think it's just coming in at the right time. So I'm really pumped up for this game. I don't understand the mentality of the rest of the fans in town, but you know, I feel like I've just been itching all week to get this game under the way. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be looking forward to Eagles football again after, you know, a pretty rough start to the season. So my final words, I want to talk about Deshaun Jackson. Oh, um, no. <laughs> he um, suffered a, a pretty brutal injury uh, last Thursday against the Giants. It was a dirty late hit. Uh, I can't even remember the player on the Giants because he's a scrub. Um, all disrespect intended. Um, he's, he's had a rough go since he's come back. Um, he's, you would, you know, if you polled a lot of Eagles fans, especially within our generation and you asked them your favorite player all time, I feel like a lot would come back and say Deshaun Jackson. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's a guy that deserves so much respect from Eagles fans because he is the epitome of, um, a Philadelphia Eagle. He's a guy that loves this city. He loves his team and he wants to win. And, I just love it when he's a part of the team. I hated it when he uh, when he left uh, back in the Chip Kelly era, and I've wanted him back ever since. He's one of my favorite Eagles of all time. The fourth leading receiver uh, in Eagles history beside, behind guys like Mike Quick, Pete Retzlaff, um, 
and Harold Carmichael. So one of the greatest receivers, one of the greatest players in my book. Um, I hope that the Eagles can make a playoff push so we can um, get Deshaun Jackson back, you know, have a, a good few final games of the season and then make a splash in the playoffs. I would love nothing more than to uh, to send Deshaun Jackson off like that because I don't think he'll be a part of this team going forward. And I don't want my last memory of Deshaun Jackson being, you know, two years in Philly and he only played like three or four games. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you said that, though, because he deserves it more than anybody. And, and you saw the reports that he wanted to be put back there on that punt just to change the atmosphere of the game. He wanted to help his team win. He's such a even though he you know, he's loud and he, he, you can say he's somewhat cocky, but he's a very selfless person, selfless player. He wants to do nothing but help his team win. I love him. He's one of my favorite athletes of all time. And I think he does deserve a lot more respect in this city than what he's been given the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, there, there haven't been too many great uh, receivers to come through the doors of Philadelphia in their time as a franchise. But um, Deshaun will always be one of my favorite players just because of, the, you know, the way he plays. He's electric. He's fast. He's, you know, he's a deep ball guy. He can take it five to 90. Um, mm -hmm. And then just who he is. He's a guy with juice and swagger and energy and you know he's just he's a guy that you can root for and I just feel like he's uh this isn't the way it should end um especially in Philadelphia if he was somewhere else you know age creeps up on guys but I just think we we've wanted him back uh ever since he left we finally get him back he showed what he could do at the beginning of the season last year and um just dealing with what he's dealing with now and then hearing fans you know get rid of him cut him cut this guy he just can't stay healthy it's like man, that's a legend. And I don't care if, you know, I don't care if he never plays another game for the Eagles. I'd love to just have him on the roster. I love the Eagles more when Deshaun Jackson's on the roster and I could care less if he's even playing. I mean, I know that sounds stupid and idiotic, but that's how much he means to me. That's how much he's meant to me uh, as a fan uh, of the <laughs> Eagles since I was a child. So um, I just hope the, the end of his tenure here with the Eagles is um, he gives us something more. He's able to get out there, catch a few more touchdowns, celebrate, flap his wings, and, uh, you know, do it the way 10 does it. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think you can see he still got it. He helped set up that first drive against the Giants. And I just want to see him get sent out on the right way. All right, everybody, that'll do it for this episode of the Birds of Broad Street podcast. If you enjoyed it, as always, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, on Spotify. Leave us a review. We greatly appreciate those. While you're at it, go ahead and follow James and I on Instagram at Fresh Prince of Philly at Eagle Sands. It's where we'll post any update for the podcast, as well as any breaking news, rumors, or updates regarding the Eagles and some other dope content as well. So, Eagles play the Cowboys this Sunday night. It's a big game. Until next week. Go Birds!